0: Welcome to the Secret of a Successful Life series. When the Apostle Paul was baptized, God made changes in his life and immediately he began sharing the gospel with all who would listen. Oscar's new faith in Christ was rapidly growing and his family had to run to keep up with him. Rosalind, as I told you earlier, my mama was a Sunday school teacher long before Papa became a Christian. At the time, it looked very evident that Mama was a spiritual giant in our household. But after Papa was baptized, he took off on a spiritual growth spurt that kept our whole family running to just keep up with him. Papa was quickly becoming the spiritual leader in our home and Many people were blessed because of that. When I grew up in our farming community, the first day of March, or soon before that, was a time of change. That was a time when many families moved to another farm. Sometimes those moves were miles away. Not every family owned their farm like our family did. Every March, there were new people in the community to meet. Those of us in the country schools would get acquainted with new friends. This was something both of my parents encouraged me to do. Now that Papa was a Christian, our family took on a new interest in getting acquainted with the new neighbors. One night at the supper table, Papa explained how he had met one of our new neighbors at a farm sale that afternoon. The family had several children and most of them were school age. Papa encouraged that Mama and I get to know those folks. If they would like to come to church with us that would be fine but even if they didn't we would still be good friends to them so one afternoon that week mama took the buggy to stop by and visit our new neighbors when she came up to the door of the house she could hear some unusual screams that sounded like a cat with a bad attitude mama knocked on the door and a few moments later, our new neighbor, Elsie Thompson, opened the door holding a wet cat wrapped tightly in a towel. Mama later said Elsie looked like she would just come through the Civil War. She was wet and her hair was hanging down around her face. Elsie opened the door and invited Mama in. With an embarrassed look on her face, she proceeded to explain what had happened. Mama could see that there was a tub of water on a floor with newspapers spread out to catch the water. That afternoon her little four-year-old son walked outside to look around and play. When little Clarence got to the windmill, he found a can of kerosene that Elsie's husband Marvin had been using to start the stock tank heater with. Well, the farm cat that normally was very friendly walked up to Clarence who got the idea that maybe the cat needed a bath. So little Clarence poured the kerosene on the cat. You can imagine how the cat responded. Clarence came and got Elsie to help take care of the kitty. Although Elsie was not a big cat lover, she just couldn't let the cat have kerosene on it. So she grabbed the cat and brought it to the house to give it a bath, because it was too cold outside to do that. That was what was going on when Mama came to knock on the door to visit of all times to have the neighbors come by to visit. Mama explained, Elsie, I think every parent has some experiences like that. Our little Clara has been known to do some interesting things also. By the way, my name is Mary Jones and my husband is Oscar. He met your husband yesterday at the farm sale up the road. We live a half mile east of you. Let me help you with that cat. Mama grabbed a towel and helped Elsie dry off the cat And when let go, the cat ran for safe hiding under the cook stove, where it was nice and warm. After the cat cleared out, Mama helped Elsie clean up the mess, and they sat down for a cup of coffee. Mama and Elsie were on the road to becoming good friends. They visited about their families and where they grew up. Before Mama left, she explained that our family attended the Cedar Grove Christian Church, about one and a half miles north of them. If they would like to come, we would be happy to invite them. But regardless, we were glad they were in the community and we looked forward to getting to know them better. That personal visit Mama made could not have come at a better time to show her true care and love for others. Eventually, Elsie and her family did start attending the church. Now, Rosalind, let me explain how my Papa had some influence on that. I've been saying how Papa affected the area we lived. Before he became a Christian, although Mama was a spiritual leader in our home, Mama would never have made a visit like that. Our church family had many good people, but when it came to stepping up and visiting new people, they were slow about doing that. Yet, when Papa started to become more and more involved in the church, there were others that were starting to do more, including my Mama, who often visited other new neighbors with Papa. His care for others was starting to affect the way that others in the church started to care about people. Rosalind, you might not be able to use this in your paper, but I found that truly caring about other people is a key in developing friendships. My papa was good at that, and his love for others was contagious. Just because he was going to church didn't stop him from having good, clean fun, and practical jokes when he could. Sometimes we can become too serious in life and overlook the little joys that are there to be seen if we look for them. The attendance was starting to pick up again, in part because of the good work my parents were starting to do in it. That congregation was starting to transform from just being a group that took from others, and they were beginning to offer real care and friendship to the people around them. My parents felt very strongly that we should be good friends to all people, caring about them as much as they would allow us to. You know, Rosalind, there are some folks that no matter how nice you try to be to them, they're still mean to you. A wise person once told me, hurting people hurt people. That is so true. One time when I was in grade school, I was a friend to two girls in my class who did not like each other. Our farm was between the homes of those girls, so when I wanted to go see one to play, I would go without the other one, knowing that. That arrangement worked well, until the time I was to stay overnight with the girl that lived the farthest distance away. I was walking with her, and when my other girlfriend saw that I was going to go home with her, she was upset. When we walked by her house, she ran in the house to tell her mother what was going on. I wasn't surprised at that. But I was surprised when her mother came running to chew me out. The woman said that I was not being nice by walking with that other girl and spending time with her. She then went on to say, And besides, Clara, when you walk, you waddle like an old duck. At the time, that really hurt my feelings. But eventually, I've grown to laugh about it. I really don't think I waddle that bad. What do you think, Rosalind? Well, Clara, for someone your age who is still walking, I don't see any problems. Sometimes, people can say some real hurtful things. Probably because they've had some hurtful things directed at them in the past. Remember, hurting people hurt people. The church was starting to take on new life again simply by the fact that people were trying to live like Christians should. My Papa had a hand in helping that to take place. For the most part, everyone in the church was pleased with that. At the church's annual meeting of 1916, that spring, many people wanted to nominate Papa to be a deacon. At first, Papa resisted the idea He used scripture to support that. According to 1 Timothy 3.10, the Bible tells us that a deacon is to be tested first, and then if there was nothing wrong, he was to serve. It was my grandpa Ralph that said, Oscar, there is no one here that can say you have not taken your life of God very seriously. You've helped to breathe new life into this old church. That is something I should know about since I have been around here most of my life. I would say that you have already been tested and you've done very well. There were others in the church that agreed and expressed that. So reluctantly, Papa agreed to take the role of an elected deacon. He said that he had no other guidelines than what the scriptures taught and that the church could expect him to follow those examples. After the people were walking out of the church building, Many of the folks were shaking Papa's hand. Outside in the churchyard, a comment was made that many people did not hear. While Earl Hillner and his wife got into the new car, a few people overheard Earl say to his wife in an upset, emotional tone of voice, Now he's on the church board! In a few weeks, Papa attended his first church board meeting and he was in for a surprise. During that time period, the idea of a joint board made up of the elders and deacons was just becoming popular with our churches. The position of the chairman of the board was borrowed from the corporations of that era. Rosalind, in my long life, I have to say that the idea of the joint board has become a terminal cancer to our churches. The joint board is not biblical. It would not be long before Papa would clash with the unofficial, but official leader of the church over issues that were not in the Bible. It really didn't surprise Papa that the real church boss was none other than the banker, Earl Hillner. Mr. Hillner was only a deacon, but with his position in the community, he carried a lot of weight. For one thing, Few people could or would stand up against him on anything. The reason was that he held the mortgages on their farms or loans, and they realized they had to be extra kind to him. Papa had worked hard not to borrow any more money than he had to, so perhaps he was in a better position to stand up to the banker, if the need should ever arise. At the first meeting, It came as a surprise for Papa when there was a very short treasurer's report given by Mr. Hillner. The report consisted of what the last month's offerings were. It had long been whispered that the church had more money in the bank. So later in the meeting, Papa asked if that was all the money we had in the church was just what was listed in the checking account. The room became very quiet when Mr. Hillner meekly said, We have some CDs. Papa responded sarcastically, Oh, we do? How much do we have? Every eye in the room was focused on Earl, who reluctantly said, About $3,000. Well, what are we saving that for? With a crackling, almost tearful voice, Earl said, Hard times. Papa responded, With the recent good years in this farming community, we are living in some of the best times we've ever known. Don't you think it would be wise to use some of that money to help the church move forward? I saw on the church's bulletin board that there's a special lecture in Chicago with a former Iowan named J.S. Palmer. What about sending our preacher and his wife out there with all their expenses paid? That way they can keep up with what's going on in the churches and the world. If that helps them, it's going to help us. This is just something I've been thinking and praying about. No one could see any fault against that other than Mr. Hillner's nonverbal bullying that was overlooked. It was agreed that the church would pay for John and Neva to attend the Palmer lectures that were coming up in a few weeks. The Sunday evening before the lecture started, Grandpa and Grandma used their car to take John and Eva into town to catch the train to Chicago. The church was pretty excited about the good things they would come back to tell us about the news of the brotherhood. On Friday, Papa went to town to pick up John and Eva on their return trip. While they got into Grandpa's car that Papa was driving, he asked the obvious question. Well, What did you learn at your special week of schooling, John? Oscar, can we be honest with you? Well, sure you can, John. John started to speak with such a built-up supply of emotion, it was obvious he was quite upset. This week was a total waste of time and good money. Wow, something's got you all upset. We better talk about it. Well, Oscar, that guest speaker lives in Chicago. All he could talk about was getting away from the Bible and following the ideas that some of the big churches are pushing in Chicago. Do you remember reading about that fellow down in Mexico called Villa? Yes, he is a guy that came up into New Mexico and raided a town. The one that has been on some of the movies at the theater before that. That's the one. Well, with the revolution going on in Mexico right now, the missionaries of different denominations have come back to the United States until things settle down. There's nothing wrong with that. But church leaders from different groups are proposing that when the revolution is over, the different churches have their own specific section to work in. Like the Methodists have this section and the Presbyterians have another and the Baptist another and Christians another. The big word for that is a comedy agreement. We have a Christian Women's Board of Missions that's been involved in the mission work in Monterey, Mexico for several years. When they get to go back, that area has already been assigned to the Methodist in exchange for work in a central part of the country. Why, that would be like if you had to leave your farm for a few years and then not be allowed to work on your ground, but farm somewhere else where you had not been before. You mean that only the church people of those specific churches can work in those areas? That's right. Well, John, at least that is way down in Mexico. It's a long ways from southern Iowa. I don't see how that will affect us out in the country. Not exactly, Oscar. You see, there's a big church in Chicago that's pushing for the same thing, where different denominations are restricted to specific areas, Why, if we did that here in our county, suppose I wanted to start a home Bible study in Nevis community in the next township, but that had been labeled as property of the Methodist and the Christian church had to stay away from that. I would not be in favor of that. Well, John, I suppose that even though we would like more people to come to the church where we go, we can't force anyone in our community to attend the Cedar Grove Christian Church. After all, This is America. We're supposed to have freedom of religion in the country. Isn't that part of the issues they're fighting about right now in Europe? Well, that's another story. I'm not sold on that war. I think it's a mess that should never have got started to begin with. John, I'm afraid it won't be long until our country will be pulled into it. You and I both know that we have some young men in this area that most likely will be fighting in it. Going back to your week. What else has disturbed you about this week, John? Well, Oscar, you may not have realized it, but when I was going to school, I was probably considered an embarrassment to the school there. What do you mean? Well, when the teachers would make attacks on the Bible and say that we should not believe in it anymore, I would stand up for the Scriptures. John, I never knew you faced that kind of problem. Well, it's not gotten any better. In the schools of our brotherhood, there are more attacks going on. That Mr. Palmer has used a practice in the churches he serves in Chicago called Open Membership. What in the world is that? Well, Oscar, you remember when you were baptized down at the creek and you went down into the water? How could I forget that? Well, when you were baptized, you were added to the body of Christ. In a less important way, you became a member of Cedar Grove Christian Church. As a member, you are now able to be on the church leadership and have more say in the direction of the church. Okay, I understand that. Well, Oscar, open membership would allow someone who has not been immersed for baptism to become a part of the congregation and eventually be part of the leadership. Okay, preacher. Tell me why is this such a big issue? Oscar, I don't know what Jesus is going to say about the fine people that have never been immersed for baptism. I just know that the baptism found in the Bible was a dip or burial under the water. We find that the people who became Christians in the book of Acts, where the church is described, were baptized and right away. It was in baptism that they and we today meet Christ. If we're going to be true to God's word, then we need to follow what is taught in all areas of the Bible. Oscar, what upsets me about this Palmer fella is that he is attacking what I believe in very much. He's attacked the very person of Jesus and does not believe in an afterlife. Well, John, at least you don't preach that kind of stuff. No, and I never will. But what if we had a guest speaker, or someday you have to get a new preacher, or suppose I die suddenly, or whatever? Are you sure you can find other preachers that will hold to the same values you've come to expect from me? I don't mean to sound like I'm not replaceable, but just think what these young students are being taught right now. Not everyone wants to teach from the Bible. Oscar, mark my words. This is going to be an issue our churches will face in the near future. Oscar, thanks for letting me blow some steam off about this mess. I just need to follow the Lord in this area and respond to this problem the way he wants me to. John, that sounds like a good plan to me. By the way, Neva, you kind of got left out of the conversation. I hope this week was not a total waste for you Well Oscar, John is pretty upset, but he is telling the truth. The lectures were a waste of time in my opinion, but it was good to see old friends and see a few sights in Chicago. I'm grateful for the time off with John. John and Eva, I don't know exactly what to tell you about these problems. I trust your judgment. I just know that it is so important to treat people like Jesus would want us to. I know. I have been forgiven of all my sins. Please join us for the upcoming chapters in the Secret of a Successful Life series.